I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The pandemic has been an emotional roller coaster ride for most of us. March 2020, things felt pretty hopeless, pretty helpless. Uh, we got some momentum and some good news moving into the early stages of 2021, and now we're not quite so sure again. So are we at the beginning of the end, or is this the end of the beginning? Let's dig in. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it is time to think again, obviously, with uh, the Delta variant uh, wreaking havoc in various uh, places around the United States and around the world, uh, cases spiking in some places. The emotional roller coaster continues on and figure out where everybody is on all of this. We turn to our favorite uh, pollster, Scott Rasmussen, joins us from Florida today. Scott, how are you? I'm doing great today, boy. Hope you are as well. <laughs> well, you have been guiding us through the roller coaster and and really helping us understand where where are the hearts and minds of the American people? How are they pursuing this? So you got new numbers out today, and uh, what's the uh, state of the the mental nation uh, here in the United States? Well, it's a it's a state of growing concern, and you know to put this in perspective, you know people were pretty pessimistic. Uh, in general throughout 2020 about the question of whether the pandemic was behind us or the worst was still to come. But when the vaccines came out, optimism began to grow. And by late May, 56% of voters said, yep, the worst is behind us. But now the numbers have fallen dramatically down to 37%. Just 37% believe the that the worst of the pandemic is behind us. That's a 19-point drop in six weeks. Uh, pretty dramatic stuff. Uh, we're back to kind of a break-even level because 33% say, no, the worst is still to come. Okay, and as, and as you look at that, uh, even from a political standpoint, uh, any differences there in terms of how uh, those on the Democratic side of the spectrum in terms of their politics uh their view of things, where we are and what's coming, as opposed to uh, Republicans and independents? Well, Boyd, on everything to do with the pandemic, there has been a partisan divide. That's true whether you ask about mandates or lockdowns, and it's true when you ask about their confidence. Right now, by a 49%, 26% margin, Republicans still believe the worst is behind us. Democrats, by a 39 to 31 margin, take the opposite view. And independents are more on the pessimistic side as well. I think it's worth pointing out that uh, all of those groups, including Republicans, are a little bit less upbeat than they were six weeks ago. Yeah, I want to shift to uh, to another topic that you pulled on this week. We've been doing some uh, conversations today around the January 6th committee, uh, wondering if uh, Kevin McCarthy sort of grabbed uh, defeat from the jaws of victory uh, in the partisanship of the commission. 
but you looked at it in some interesting ways. Again, we're trying to look at it from the politics and the communication strategy. Uh, what did you find out? Well, the first thing is, and this won't be a surprise to you or anybody listening, 72% of voters disapprove of those uh, folks, the Trump supporters who broke into the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Um, And that, by the way, includes 59% of voters who would like to see Trump type of policies implemented, 63% of conservatives, 63% of Republicans. So uh, the disapproval of those actions on January 6th remains strong, not quite as intense as it was in January, but still strong. However, 28 percent of voters, more than one out of four, and and this figure includes a plurality of Democrats, believe that most Trump supporters were in favor of. They were cheering those people on when they occupied the Capitol. It's not the case, but that is a strong perception, especially, as I said, among the Democratic Party. Yeah, fascinating stuff. And uh, as we roll on through the the summer, I know you've uh, you had a, a poll out a, a week or so ago, uh, talking kind of stripping away some of the personalities and the uh, the labels in terms of the the politics, and really asking people about what kind of policies would they like. Give us just a little insight on that. Well, I've been asking this question uh, going back to last October, uh, and this question of if you had a choice between four candidates for president and they all had the same temperament and qualifications, you know, what kind of a candidate would you want? And the options were somebody who would promote Trump-like policies, uh, a traditional Republican, a traditional Democrat, or a Sanders type of Democrat, basically comparing the populist wings uh, of the parties with their more establishment wings. And a plurality of voters, among all, among all voters, prefer Trump-like policies. 32% say that everything else being equal, they want a candidate who would support policies like those of former President Trump. Uh, on the Democratic side, it was a split. 21% wanted a candidate who supported Sanders-like policies, 21% a traditional Democrat, 15% only favored a traditional Republican type of candidate. And, and Boyd, when I, one of the things that I have to emphasize about this, I have been asking this question a lot, and it hasn't moved very much. Mm. Um, of the two Republican categories, the Trump-like policies are dominant. Uh, the, the Republican battle over the parties, uh, where it's going, is over. Republican voters clearly want Trump-like policies, a more populist approach. Democrats, in every single survey I've done in this. It's an even divide between the populist and the establishment wings. I think that's going to create some challenges for President Biden, especially, you know, working through some legislative battles now and then heading into the 2022 midterm elections. Um, It's right now they're still united by the fact that they don't like Donald Trump. So the Democrats can get along to that point. But the further they move away from the Trump administration, I think the more signs we're going to see of this split uh, growing among the Democratic voters. Oh, fascinating stuff. We're going to have you come back and uh, continue to break that down because I, I think it is starting to emerge, especially as some of these policy debates, as as you mentioned, uh, begin to emerge. And not just infrastructure. There's a host of other things in terms of spending and and uh, policy agendas that I think will uh, be some some pretty challenging things for the Democrats moving forward. And then, of course, we'll we'll see if the uh, Republicans can. Capture victory or continue to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. That that will uh, ultimately be the test there. Independent pollster Scott Rasmussen, always appreciate your perspective. Uh, you have a great weekend. Thank you too, boy. 
All right. It, uh, so many things in there from uh, Scott Rasmussen today. Again, the one that concerns me is uh, is our perspective, our view uh, of the pandemic. And if we all start to believe that the worst is yet to come, uh, that's concerning to me. And that doesn't matter which side of the political aisle you're on. Uh, we, we've got to continue to have hope. We've got to continue to do the things we need to, including vaccines. Uh, and we got to engage. We have to engage with each other, with the economy, uh, and everything uh, moving forward. So lots to talk about, uh, lots to continue to break down, but great insight as always uh, from our good friend, independent pollster Scott Rasmussen. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.